What's up, people? This is Jotham, Post America Podcast. We interviewed our great friend Ziggy today, Ryan Ziggler, who is now in a band called Doing Great. Um, previously, he was in Animal House, Barricade, Objection, and uh, he has a really crazy story of some injustice that was done to him. Um, throughout this episode, we are going to be playing his new EP from Doing Great, and we're going to sp- sprinkle the songs throughout the episode, but by the end, we'll play all six songs, and uh, we want you guys to really hear this because it's important. He's an important dude to the PA hardcore scene, and this is a, this is a really quality uh, EP, and we think you're going to dig it. So without further ado, Post America Podcast. This is the Post America Podcast. That's right, motherfucker. What the fuck you know about podcasting? This is our shit. Post America. Macho Black, Richie Crutch, Chrissy the Baboon. Post America Podcast, son. Download that shit, motherfucker. Check it out. We're back with a guest. We haven't had a guest in a long time. We got Ziggy. What's up? Our good friend for a long time. And he's probably very happy because he's been away for a long time. People that know Ziggy might know his story. But if you don't know him, you're going to find out today. And Ziggy has been in bands in this area for years. So, So, yeah, but before we go into your whole deal your recent deal i don't even know as as well as i know you what was your first band my very first band i was in a band for two days when i was 14 years old called four better tomorrow with some of the dudes that i still four a better tomorrow yeah it was, so it was like metalcore it was a straight metalcore with yeah. that name has to yeah be. absolutely yeah this is also 2000 so wow. that was you know that was the shit you yeah know? yeah and uh i still some of the dudes that i still play with today were in that band and the way I remember it going down was they're like, hey, we heard you have a, or, we heard you play bass. And I said, I have a bass. Oh. And I went to practice <laughs> with my bass. And then they realized I actually didn't know how to play. You had one, though. Well, I did own one. Two days? Two days. You got two days without knowing how to play a bass. It's not yeah. bad. But now that I went on, I did like a shitty Vision of Disorder ripoff band called Shallow Imprint for a few years. Shallow Imprint? Yeah. Never even knew that. Yes, I was like 15. Wow. When I did that, yeah. What'd you do in that band? Bass again? Bass, played bass. I never sang in a band until Barricade. Okay. And I only started singing in Barricade because I was doing uh, a metalcore band named Normandy where I did like a lot of backups. And that was going to be like my my rock star band. Like this was going to be the one that like took us out. Normandy or? Normandy. Okay. And I was doing Barricade as like a side project fun thing because I didn't actually like metalcore that much. Like I like like all out war and stuff like that growing up. Vision of Zorda was like one of my favorite bands, but uh, you know, I always gravitated more towards the punk side of things and then like more like old school hardcore. So we started barricade just to do that and have fun. And then, you know, that people ended up digging that more. Oh man. I was going to say, with those two outfits, the the first two you mentioned, I didn't know you were like into metalcore. But not how about nowadays? You into metalcore nah, anymore? No, nah. nah, I never really. Like I said, like that was just the times. It was you know what you yeah what you did, and I guess that heavy shit's back now though. I I, I got home and 
You hear you bands know? like Knock Loose? Yeah, dude. It's fucking cool. Yeah. I get it. I mean, I'd still rather listen to Sick of It All, but I get yeah. it. How about uh, Code Orange? Not my thing. I've tried. Yeah. I tried. Like, they, they played. But that a, would be considered metalcore, right? That's what I would call it. Yeah. I, I tried to get into them just because I. everyone has such great things to say about them. And their PA outfit. Yeah. And so, yeah. I know they came through, like, a bunch of small venues and shit yeah. when they were first starting out. And that was cool. But this not my thing yeah no disrespect it's not my thing if you want to be a dick about it it's up to you no, i'm not trying to be a dick about it just <laughs> so you got up to um barricade you still have bands to mention yeah so did barricade for like too many years then we started uh out and of you guys toured a lot with barricade right yeah we we were blessed man we got like, hit the road a lot yeah we did uh i think in 2007 alone that was like our our height of like playing shows i want to say we did something like 200 plus shows wow. that year like yeah. we we stayed that's serious man yeah, yeah that's serious like time on the road i don't think we did that in 10 years yeah like and uh schwank my guitar player would would know for sure because he has the good memory and i don't but yeah it was like it was basically every other day we were playing yeah. a show in that year and uh yeah, we put out two albums we toured a lot went to the west coast came back up and down the east coast countless times texas and back probably at least half dozen, 10 times. So in that year, you made a lot of friends across the country. Absolutely, yeah. Still really yeah. good friends with a lot of them to this day. Yeah, that's yeah, we the were, beautiful thing about touring and the scene and all that. It was me. I was talking to my buddy Draws from St. Louis last night. Like I met him on a barricade tour on a whim. We were hungry, yeah. so we didn't make any money. We ate ramen like most of the nights, and they were like, yo, this dude will, will barbecue for you. And I was like, I like barbecue. St. Louis barbecue St. too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we went and we got there. It was super awkward. Like we were just kind of sitting in his like John Soto was there. Yeah. There's a bunch of people there, but nobody was partying. And yo, Barricade liked to fucking party. So we were like sitting there with like twiddling our thumbs, like, yo, is this Soto wasn't partying? Nobody was partying at first. Everyone was just kind of sitting there, like feeling each other out, well, I you guess. You guys had to set it off then. Yeah. So eventually Draws is like, all right, well, we were getting ready to bounce. We were like, fuck this, this is weird. Yeah. Draws was like, yo, I'm gonna go like like the girls and shit. He's like meanders away and i was like let me go see what's like what this dude's doing and i go outside he's got like three grills going like one of them's on a fucking trailer oh you're sticking around and now. there's like meat everywhere Damn. and then like the beer came out and like everyone started raging and then by seven o'clock in the morning i think me and draws were coming back like from a, a riverboat gambling trip Damn. Like, i can't make this Sick. shit up <laughs> yeah. like we went on this thing called the casino queen and like gambled all night and i barely remember any of it but we had a fucking blast See that? And that's I, how it that's, works. And I'm texting him, what, 12 years later. Yeah. You know, we're still good friends. That's cool, man. And what's after Barricade? Animal House. Animal House. Animal House. That's Quite a reputation for, like, a short run. and band was special, man. Like, they, uh, that band came out of, when we toured with Barricade, you know, all, basically everybody in Animal House was in Barricade at one point or another. We wouldn't listen to hardcore because we were just, like, burned out on it. So, we, you know, we'd listen to everything, but we always talked about how fun it would be just to do like a more punk band because like me and John, Schwank, like we all grew up on more of the punk stuff. So we were like, we should do a punk band one day. And um, Barricade was kind of coming to an end. Barlow had been out of Barricade for a minute at that point. And he came back to me. He's like, yo, I'm going to start this band called Animal House, H-A-U-S. He had the whole gimmick name too. planned out, and he he had a, he had like half a, a brother of mine written at the time. He played it for me on an acoustic guitar, and I was like, 
let's finish that song right now. We finished that song like standing around in my living room. Nice. And we got the band together and we started going. And it was so. Did they both bands exist at the same time for, for a little, a little while, bit? Right? For a little bit, and uh, maybe like a year. And why? What ended Barricade? Basically, Animal House, but also Barricade had just reached its end. Like we, the first Tsunami Fest was happening. We were like, that's it. That's that's the swan song. Like we don't want to tour like animals anymore. We weren't writing music we were really happy with. We were turning over members like fucking crazy. Barricade had like 30 members. Really? I didn't it, know that. Yeah, it was me, Schwank, and Tommy. That's because you were like running it with an iron fist, maybe. Maybe, maybe it might be because I was a dick. Is it? Know, Do you maybe, think? Maybe. I mean, you were the guy. You were the main guy in that outfit, right? I think me and Schwank, yeah, that's fair. But yeah, Damn. probably me. Tough customer, and Chris. Schwank did kick our one drummer out in Denver. It was fucking yeah. hysterical. And he's from out here? He's from PA? Yeah. He literally, like, I was driving, and he's like, our drummer was being a little fucking bitch, and Schwank was like, pull the fuck over. And he, you know, he's a quiet dude. I pulled a van over. He starts pulling drums out of the trailer. He's, like, chucking them on the side of the road. Wow. And we, shit. we just drove away from our drummer, like, outside of Denver. Wow. How many times do you want to do that to Luke? <laughs> you can't. Luke's a fucking nah, saint. Luke is great. You what can't do that guy. to Luke? Nah, nah. I feel, but we turn around and get him. Yeah. But, yo, that's, that's nuts. But, yeah, there was so, a little overlap. Yeah, so there was, so. yeah, there was some overlap. But, yeah, the tsunami was coming around. We're like, that's it. Plus, we knew Animal House was special. Mm-hmm. We were playing. We were writing these, these good. Now, how'd you feel, though, knowing, like, you're going from the front man now back onto the, to the bass? I was know? happy, man, because bass is where I started. Yeah, but that's like a scrub position. You know? <laughs> yeah, but you know what, too? Like, oh, sorry, Jesus out there. Sorry, sorry, Evan. Sorry. Not, 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 I, don't, I don't say this speaking ill of John in any way. Like, John was a fucking genius, and he, and he was a great songwriter. He hated talking on the microphone. Yeah. So I still talked, like. Yeah, you were like a, a front man yeah. of the band. So if we, anybody saw the band live, they'd know. Yeah. So yeah. like we, you know, I guess I never really stopped and yeah. it, it helped John out. Why was he like that? Just an introvert, man. Huh. Until the booze started flowing. Yeah. And then he was the life of the party. If I'd hang with that dude, he wouldn't say a word to me until he was drunk. And he loved you. And he then he, he talked a lot. He truly loved you too. Oh, I'm a lovable guy. No, no, like never, never a fucking ill word. Like always, you and Jotham, like he always like wanted to talk to you guys, but he never talked to when anybody. When he was drunk. When he was drunk. And how long did Animal House last? Like it was. So maybe four years, but four realistically years. probably only like two and a half good years before everything yeah. started going downhill. Got the one release out. We basically wrote off the demo like 2009 to 10. We wrote and recorded and released the demo. Um, I think it was 2010. Isn't there a lot of Animal House stuff that's not available out there? Yeah, that's because so, I always look try to look your stuff up, and I'm always like, I know there's more than this. Where, where's the when rest of this shit? The full length's not online right now. I want to I want to get it back online. Um, Who has it? I do. Let's get it back. We do it tomorrow. What are you waiting for? I, I, I did actually propose this to Fast Break Records not that long Who? ago. Just just so uh, it's clear the wrong guy. That's why it's on wax. It's uh, so you people know. Oh, good. Yeah, um, but I think I'm talking to the guy now, so maybe we'll get that. Okay, done. yeah, talk to the right guy, not the wrong guy. Yeah, I traded a. Remember our yellow van. Mm-hmm. I traded our yellow van for the rights to Animal House. Wow. Yeah. So who had it? One Day Savior Records. And why wouldn't he just give it to you? Probably because we owed him a lot of money. Oh, was it, did he like front a lot? He fronted a lot of money. All right, well, yeah. respect then. You yeah. did. No, he did, he did right by us. He wasn't yeah. a dick. Um, that was a cool, yeah, he, he worked with us. Because, yeah, that band was a fucking train wreck. Yeah. It was fun. Probably hard to deal with. Way hard to deal with. We yeah. made that guy's life a living hell. Yeah. Like, John would like just laugh at him when he spoke. And if there's money wrapped up 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, the guy wants to see something. You guys Yeah, he would show around. up to the, the animal house, which was my house, where we all just kind of lived and practiced. And he would, like, show up and be like, hey, guys, like, when are you going to, like, tour and stuff? And John would just, like, laugh at him. I was like, That's a legitimate question. Yeah. And John would just, whatever, you know, well, clown the guy. so fucking mad. Now, local people know Animal House, the story, the tragedy. Uh, for those that don't know, what went down? With Animal House, when I say the tragedy and all that, we we could do a whole podcast on fucking Animal House, man. But uh, the quick version would be: so at our record release show for the full length, John got John and his girlfriend uh, got in a horrific car accident, like mm-hmm. that, into a telephone pole, and he was severely messed up. I mean, multiple surgeries. I remember when I first extended, saw him after that. Extended, yeah, his Fuck. face his face was you know he had to get facial reconstructive surgery. Yeah, man. Um. And he was messed up for quite a long time. And, um, you know, it's uh, it's hard to put this out there. It's a, it's a hard issue to talk about, too. Like, whatever was going to happen was going to happen. But the fact is, like, the lifestyle which Animal House was, like, projecting did not help John heal mm-hmm. from his actions. Everywhere you go, people want to party. Yeah. So, I because mean, his, you guys are party animals. Now you're in our town. You got to party with us. Correct. So, like, he never had a fighting chance to heal from that car accident, you know. So, even though it was, God, more than a year later mm-hmm. that he passed away, you know, that's what it was really from. Yeah. Um, you know, his body just shutting down because it never got a chance to heal because, you know, he lived. It wasn't fake the way he was living. He, nah. The way he portrayed himself. I mean, that's, that's how the man was living. Used to go hard. Yeah, we all did. I don't think people understand the PA scene. Like, you go to other places, and the hardcore scene isn't really like this scene with the level of how these dudes party. No. Like, so you probably know because you went to places. And and you're partying like dudes back here party, and they're, like, in shock. And you're like, oh, I thought this was some normal shit. I'm actually convinced in, like, my older age that people booked Barricade not because we were good because we weren't good, but because... Oh, I thought you we were, were fun to be around. Yeah. Like, oh, they're going to come. part of it. They're going to show up to Wheeling, West Virginia and party this town down. Maybe they'll light the building on fire. I think we played with you guys in Wheeling, West <laughs> Wheeling Virginia. Wheeling was great. That place was Shout nuts. out to Wheeling. Nuts. Wheeling was meant for Animal House. What was that bar called? Uh, yesterday's. Yesterday's. Wow. I did. That was fucking crazy. Yes. Yeah. Like Wheeling's is like a cowboy town. It was fucking. Uh, There's like two blocks of like saloons it just looked like saloons and shit barricade saloons. played that's what Saloon. it looked like yeah. barricade played wheeling several times and when animal house formed i called the owner yesterday's and i was like i have created the perfect band for your venue it should be the house band yeah for and he's like he's like i don't even care you when do you want to play yeah how much do you need yeah. and we, like animal house i remember for that I playing there with you guys and you, I think it was you, were behind the bar. Yeah, just doing whatever you wanted, like serving drinks to people. So like that fucking, was, we got so we got so tied. Nuts. We, we got so tied in. That's crazy. Yeah, we got so tied in with the owner of this place. Like we stopped like having real guarantees. Yeah, and started just seeing what we could get away with. Uh-huh. And I believe that that show because we were trying to get you guys the most money possible. Because um, God knows who's going to show up in West Virginia. You know what I mean? It's a gamble. Yeah. Um. So we didn't take a guarantee that night. Our guarantee was we got to bartend for like an hour or two oh, and keep shit. whatever we made and do whatever we wanted behind the bar. Wow. So people would be like, yo, let me get a seven and seven. And like, 
there's like me and Barlow, like fucking just here's a shot of Jameson. They're like, I want to do seven and seven. We're like, drink this, yeah. <laughs> you know, four bucks, whatever yeah. we fucking charge. I remember getting some Red Bulls off you. Yeah. Like, what the fuck's this guy doing back there? Yeah, we the bartender were- just looks just like my friend. Oh, it is him. No, that was Good nuts. Time. That place was nuts. Animal House was a wild band. This yeah. whole scene up here, it was and is a wild scene for partying. Mm-hmm. And uh, you guys were like on the forefront of that. Yeah, we basically. For a minute. That scene existed well before us. Yeah. But we like grabbed it. Yeah. And, and took it for a ride, like all it was worth. Yeah. I, I think we definitely spoke to that. You know, it's like that I, crowd. Even in the the early days when I was in Mushmouth and we toured with No Retreat, like these guys were just animals with, with drinking and drugs and breaking shit and going nuts. It was like they were like rock star dudes, yeah. but without being a rock star, caring about. Yeah, you're making like a $200 guarantee if you're lucky oh, and yeah. you're fucking trying to if live. If we're like passing you a casino, we got to go in a casino and take every bit of money we have in a van and put it on red. If we're passing a bar. We got to go in a bar. Everybody's got to get drunk, start a quick fight, and leave. If we're, you know, if we're if we're in the hood, we got to find some cocaine somewhere. To that's how these dudes all were. Yep. And I'm a straight edge dude traveling around. I think, but I'm, you know, maybe a little different of a straight edge dude because I might encourage some bad behavior now and then. That actually re- reminds me. The first time I ever hung out with you, like not in a show setting, was when I recorded that guest spot on uh, Land of Kings, and you like handed me a beer when I was done. See that. And I was like, "Was this straight edge dude handing me a beer?" I was like, "This is a test. I don't, I don't know how I'm supposed to act. Like, should I take this beer?" You should take it. I took that beer. I love seeing my people happy, but yeah, it was wild. Do you remember? Uh, remember that crazy beef in uh, Delaware? With was all that the, Delaware? Yeah, we were gotten. There was a couple fights. Remember when that dude that. got smashed out real bad? George from Allentown. Yeah, and, my bass player Grano. Yeah, yeah. Bad. he's not with us anymore either. And all my shit got stolen. Yeah. My Les Paul got stolen. That Man. was yeah, that bro. was like a movie. Yes. So did you ever hear the, the after all that happened, a few months later, like me, Tony Tops, a few other people went down and saw Blood Clot. Before you go, what band were you in on that one? That was Barricade. Or, yeah, Barricade okay. was playing that. That was Barricade, what, Barricade Strength, Wisdom, so. Ted and Barry. Yeah. Like the whole scene back then. Yeah. Just transplanted to Delaware. Yeah. and Not a good idea. Uh, that venue never reopened. That was brutal. That was the craziest fight I think I've ever some, seen. Some of the more intense beatdowns that I've seen. Yeah. And it never stopped. Like, it yeah. went on for so long. I got knocked out. Yeah. Remember, Big Show had to drag me out. Yeah. You remember what he I did? He was the only person kicked Do you remember what I did that I day? I tell this story too Chris, much. Chris, you probably don't. Because I, I don't tell nobody the story because they won't even believe me. I like to tell the story because it, it adds to your legend. Yeah. And... But here's the First problem. of all, that night I felt indestructible. When the fight broke out, I was like hitting. I would hit a dude, bow bow, and the dude would like look at me and look at the other. And I'm like, what am I invisible? I hit another dude, bow 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 bow, three piece. Dude would walk away like not like almost like what it just hit me. I don't even. I felt like people couldn't see me that night, so I was <laughs> it was a ghost. Yeah. So I was getting ill. Like you know, you what want I mean? to hear wizard shit though? It gets better. Check it. Check. So it. this is from my perspective. Now mind you, I'm knocked out at this point. So. I'm t- I'm twisted up with this dude. Uh, we're, we're going we're going blow for blow for a minute. I get the better of him, and lesson learned. I fucking chucked him down, and then he came back with a bar stool and clocked mm. me upside the head. There was a lot of um, weaponry that yeah. night. It was bad. So I go out, and I just come up to like big show, like dra- like literally like a war movie. Like like he was like the medic, like dragging my fat oh, ass back. Big yeah. show as big as he is, dra- dragging you as big as you are. That's like yeah. it's like a football team going so, on. 
Then they get me upright. It's it's my guitar player, Schwank, and Big Show got me like on their arm. I'm like, I'm like dazed, right? And Richie is, I can only describe it as posted up in the back, like being like a general of this insane movie like a, level fight going like a on. Civil War Northern General. Yeah, like he's in the back. I'm like, I'm, I swear. He's that was like, the battlefield, that bar. Pic- picture everyone out there, picture Richie Crutch. And like his typical like arms folded, like too cool for school fucking mode. So he's he's doing that, and he, it's almost like he's commanding this fucking fight. And then the bottles start getting chucked. Like the all the amps and equipment like became like this barricade. As, not my band barricade, but like became like this barricade. And like separated all these crazy fucking idiots that we were fighting from us. And Gavlik's like swan diving over it to like tackle more Gavlik dudes. Gavlik was going nuts. Gavlik went off that night. But the bottles start flowing. Like we're we're ducking bottles. And I swear. The man of the hour just walked in. Joe just walked in. And I swear on all that is holy. I love this guy. Richie, this bottle's coming straight for his head. He just reaches up. What do I know? Catches it. Puts it down like nothing happened. And went right back to folding his arms. Caught it in midair. Incredible. What was that? Delaware. The crazy Delaware fight. The riot show in Delaware. The riot show. Yeah, that was crazy. And I say I never tell nobody that story because nobody will even believe it. it it's hundred percent happened. Like, you want to know something that's crazy about that night that I remember is uh, here, buddy, take these. Is um, when the shit happened. I think it was when it was uh, who's the dude that got beat up? Grano and two Big of Grano and, and George. Jay Money. Okay, Jay, a lot of people that's got when beat Jay up. Money got his but lips two split. got like extreme. Yeah, when I think it was Grano though, who Grano was like, got really real fucked up, up. and. When Gavlik swan dove off the bar, he was on the bar, walking down the bar, kicking the the, the light chandelier down. lights and just smashing everything in sight with chairs and what. Oh, my God. That was like absolute mayhem. That was one of the coolest things do I've remember, ever seen. Do you remember how what you like when that first went down? We were standing outside. You actually came like bursting out and all but like yoked me up like somebody's going to die or some shit like that. Like, what has happened? I've never seen you actually that mad. Yeah. I don't remember that, but. Yeah, yeah. That's You, you rallied the troops. Yeah, I don't. I don't fuck around when it's the go time. Chris. It was go time. You know, Chris, when it's go time, oh, I don't I fuck around. Oh, I know. <laughs> it was go time. I don't even remember half of the shit that I say or do when I'm, when, when it happens, I'm just like. Autopilot. Autopilot. I don't know what I'm doing. I could be making all the wrong moves. I, was, I probably have a time or two. <laughs> I think I think we won. Yeah, but we yeah, that went, was crazy. I was I was going to tell poor him. Richie Mancuso lost his fucking his guitar, guitar rig. He was, though. He was just bitching about that. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, I just remember. Yo, oh my! I don't think this part of the story has ever really come out either. So we load the wounded into the barricade van, of which there were many, and I'm driving like half concussed. Like I'm literally it was like seeing spots. We drive over the PA line. We go to Crozier Hospital, and we, we dump off all like Big George and, and Grano and Jay Money, like everyone who's who's all messed up. And we're in there, and they're like, "What happened?" Like clearly, you guys have been fighting. And mind you, me with a concussion is still in better shape to talk than the rest of these guys. And they're like, and I'm like, we got mugged. And the cops are just sitting there shaking their heads yeah. at us. They're like, you guys got mugged. Like, mugged. We, we got mugged. That's all we would say. Everyone was like, yeah, yeah, we were mugged. Like, do you have your wallets? We're like, yeah, they didn't get them. Yeah, they tried, but. Well, they didn't get them. <laughs> That's a good cover. 
Yeah, that was my favorite Les Paul I ever had. Which was it? The, the wood, black the one. natural one. Yeah, where you could like black kind of finish. You could see Ooh, the wood grain. Yeah, that was a nice Lost hard forever. guitar. But I was gonna say Lost Forever because Ziggy had to start a fight. I didn't start that fight. Oh, you didn't start it. <laughs> no. I don't even know how that started. How did that start? I, somebody got we got word. Up. Oh no! No, there was a couple. Tony, not- Tony meltdown came running in. He's like, "Yo, come outside! They're kicking the shit out of these dudes." We all walk outside. We all run outside, and those two dudes are just like dead bodies. But nobody was beating them at this point. Yeah, but really went went hard on them two dudes, man. They were bad. They were messed up. Yeah, yeah I was in the I was in, in the hospital with them after that, and they were they were not. Rondo had like a baseball hanging off his eye. It wasn't even like a black eye. It was like a baseball of blood. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, it was on like the a side separate of space. thing. It had become its own head or something. <laughs> it was a sentient being by the end of the night. So let's catch up Joe here. Joe, we were talking to Ziggy, our good old friend. We went from his first band, stuff you've never heard of, I've never heard of. He started out as a bass player in two metalcore bands. Eventually, he uh, does Barricade. First time he's fronting a band. Then we're into Animal House. The existence of Barricade and Animal House overlapped for a little while. You probably remember that. Mm-hmm. We're all around in the mix now. And then we just went off. We talked about yesterday's in Wheeling, Virginia. Yeah. And stuff like that. We talked about some crazy <clears throat> shows. But now we're at the point. We even went over uh, the front man of Animal House, Barlow's death. And a very tragic you know, story and all of that. So now we're right there. So let's continue. I know you knew me worth wait, but that shit's all. 
just it's been the same way for too long and i know that you're so sick of my sorrows just know i know it's been did have a band after Animal House. Objection. Very brief, but, you know, because of the circumstances. That actually existed while Animal House existed, too. Okay. So towards the, like, Barricade existed in the beginning of Animal House, and Objection existed in the end of Animal House. Objection had two short runs. We were together a little bit during Animal House. We put out a demo. Um, Like, our bass player ended up quitting, and everybody was fucking, you know, doing other things, starting families, settling down. So it took a little break, and we came back. We put out the record because I had written all these songs leading up to all my legal trouble. And I was just – I was I was in an angry place. So it was, it was nice to, you know, write those songs, get some of my truth out. And uh, I thought we made – I thought Objection made really fucking solid record. For yeah, that one record, dope. we played a bunch of really cool shows. Um, but, yeah, like you said, it was short-lived, and it, it never really got – got out much mainly honestly because of all the bullshit I was going through. Yeah. Now, for people that don't know, <clears throat> a lot of the lyrics, probably the band title that inspired mm-hmm. objection were due to your situation. Can we talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. Or will we get pinched? No, I don't think we'll get pinched at this point. What happened? You want to talk about crazy fight stories. So in 2009, um, there was a uh, fight outside a hockey game, a bunch of friends of mine, myself. Really, the details of that are, like, minuscule at this point. It's, it's ancient history, but I was with uh, Chris Mahmood, you know, who's not of the light-skinned variety, and some ignorant people wanted to say something about it. Words were exchanged. A few punches were exchanged. Should have been the end of it. Mm-hmm. It was not the end of it. It escalated several more times throughout the evening, culminating in a giant street fight where a bunch of people got real hurt. Mm-hmm. I was found out later there was like two stabbings went on that, in that fight, and it was, it was a bad scene. Some, some time goes by. Like, I'm honestly like hazy on the timeline of this stuff, so mm-hmm. like, I'm honestly, Chris could probably tell the story better, but maybe like three or so weeks go by, and we're hearing rumblings that these guys are saying that you know we did it. And me and, me and Chris, like, what the fuck are they talking about? Like, we're definitely... There, some shit happened. Mm-hmm. It was a bad scene, but you know, what are they? And at this point, we didn't even really know what all had transpired because we were so stuck in like our little microcosm of what happened. Mayhem, mayhem. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, was out of control. You know, you mm-hmm. talking about that Delaware thing. I mean, this was, this was on par with that. It was just, mm-hmm. it, was, it was a bad scene. And some of the difference being, you know, some years had gone by. We should have been a little, probably a little smarter, a little wiser, but it is what it is. Um, so, this starts 
what will become the next decade of my life, mm-hmm. 2009 to, to this year, um, of just craziness. So a few months go by, and I'm formally charged with the stabbing, attempted murder mm-hmm. of not one, but two people. Mm-hmm. My good friend Chris is, is also implicated in it. A couple other people with like and minor he's charged strings. with one person. He's right? charged with one person. Mm-hmm. And we're like, this is fucking crazy. Like, how do you, how do you get from what happened to this? And mm-hmm. if you could answer that question to this day, I'd be surprised because I still don't know. But this was my introduction into what is the justice system in our country. It does not move very swiftly. And I know our case was kind of special and weird on top of it for how crazy slow it moved. So nothing came of this besides charges for multiple years. Multiple years. Reinvestigations, which now looking back were probably just jokes. Not just probably something to make, you know, appease people. You know, start it over, start the process Correct. over. You know, reshuffle paperwork, make mm-hmm. it look good. Um, and unfortunately, as this time is going on, it, it is unraveling me as, as a person. And that's where a lot of like the objection material came from. You know, because you're sitting on a, on a pity pot, basically. Like the world's kind of shitting on you. You don't know why. You're trying to do good in the world. At this point in my life, I'm settling into career. I'm buying a house. I'm, you know, I'm making music. I'm, you know, during that time, my wife got pregnant. I got married. Shit, mm-hmm. I got married during that time. Um, you know, doing what you're supposed to do. And then here's this thing in the background, like just haunting me. You're like, when will time. this, when happen? will this come when to a conclusion? Yeah. And just for any information. I mean, people would ask me constantly, yo, what's going on with that thing? I have no idea. You may know more than me. That's what's crazy. Um, so, God, where do you even go with it? So, some preliminary stuff happens in like 13 maybe, 2013 at this point. And then again, it goes away for a few more years. Don't hear nothing. Uh, Fucking crazy, right? And it's, it's getting... It's getting absolutely insane. We're, we're, we're spending money hand over fist on lawyers, and it's like, for what? And trying to come up with a defense, but we don't even really know what we're defending because that's how little information we have. The discovery, mm-hmm. you know, is, is bullshit. And the thing is, it's like, it's public record, so I have, like, no problem, like, saying this. And what, you look this shit up and mm-hmm. see how fucking crazy it is. I tell people constantly. I'm like, I'll never tell the story right. But if you have a day and you're really that interested, read this shit. It's public record. It, it's if you're a legal scholar out there, you're like shit, do a dissertation on it because I guarantee there's some you'll find some shit. Mm-hmm. But um, so then it, it finally goes to trial, and I'm I'm honestly got until trial six years, <sighs> something like that. That's six bananas. Years. Yeah, <clears throat> goes to trial. I'm thinking I'm naively because there was always a part of me, and this is what I think was really part of my undoing is I always believed I'm an optimist at the end of the day. And if, yeah, you are. If you read my lyrics, you probably wouldn't think that, but like I am. No, true personality, definitely. Yeah. yeah. And I thought there's no way they can. There's no way that they can get me for this. Like they they don't put innocent people in jail. You know what I mean? They just don't do it. This is America, right? You You're saying on this podcast you didn't do it? Absolutely. Okay. Still to Continue. Day. I mean, that's a whole other story there. But mm-hmm. um, so, how can they do it? They don't. You read the discovery. You know that. There's no, it's not a CSI episode. There's not a, 
They don't even have a fucking weapon. Mm-hmm. They don't have fingerprints. They got a bunch of he said, she said of a bunch of drunk idiots. And to which I will openly admit, You're one of them. I'm one of the drunk idiots. Mm-hmm. But that's all you got. How mm-hmm. do you make this, this stick in you know, what's supposed to be this grand experiment of a country of ours? So I'm, I'm honest to God, excited and relieved that this is going to go to trial. Well, it's going to finally come to an end. Absolutely. Cost me a lot of money, but finally it'll be yeah. over. And speaking of that lot of money, you know, I spent a lot of money on a fucking lawyer that didn't do right by me. And one of the worst pieces of advice he gave me was he convinced me and honestly scared the shit out of me that this judge that my case was going to go before was not friendly and it's a bad scene for us to go before this judge. I'm like, well, what are we going to do? He's like, well, there's a way out of it. If you take a bench trial, you'll go before this other judge and he's, you know, he's fair and good and this is the guy we want to be in front of. And for those of you that aren't familiar, a bench trial is when no jury. you give up your right to a jury. Mm-hmm. You're literally going to let a judge decide. And it sounds crazy saying this now. Mm-hmm. But this lawyer that I spent a fucking mortgage on, you know, told me that this is what I should do. And but if that judge isn't friendly, then having a jury trial with that judge kind of doesn't matter. Because now that, that seems like the most logical thing in the world. Yeah. I am for, like I said. You're taking I, a guy's advice that you thought was an expert. Absolutely. You should have called Rich. And should have. And unfortunately, too, like, I'll be the first to admit, over those years, I had unraveled so much mentally mm-hmm. that, like, I wasn't in my right frame no, of mind yeah, ever. Yeah, of course, of course. You know, between drinking and just being out of control, depression, mental health, the whole nine yards, you know, I wasn't thinking right. Um so I go to a spent with this child. Three days, multiple witnesses. I still feel good. You know, some, some basically other than two people pointing the finger at me, it was a lot of speculation. Mm-hmm. And even the finger pointing, you know, they, you, I don't know. It obviously worked, but I, I still felt good about it at yeah. the time. You and said I was they like, weren't, they're not credible in your mind. Yeah, they're not even credible. Yeah, I mean, they're, 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 the two pulling, people that did say something aren't credible. Yeah, they got toxicology reports out the ass saying they shouldn't be credible, mm-hmm. but for some reason they're, they're believable. Mm-hmm. Um, but comes down to the verdict. My trial was married with Chris. They read Chris's first, not guilty on all accounts. You were happy. You ah, were like, wow. I'm elated. Yeah. Say my name. They say not guilty of attempted murder. And then they release the second third, fourth, fifth, all the way down the line. Guilty, 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 guilty. All the way down the line. Now, Chris had a different lawyer. Chris had a different lawyer. Did Chris had the right difference? lawyer. Absolutely. That guy's a beast. Beast. Now, he actually showed up during your... So, I, yeah, I get, yeah, I bring okay. him in. Yeah. Um, so, again, continuing with the weirdness that is this story and the justice system in Philadelphia and this country, my judge gets sick. I get convicted of multiple accounts of aggravated assault and all these other charges to be told, come back for sentencing. I mean, there's sheriffs standing there with the chains in the courtroom. It was Ready intense. to take you right on the spot. Right on the spot. Which is normal procedure. Normal procedure. This guy lets me walk. Then he gets sick. Ten months go by before I'm actually sentenced. I'm convicted. I'm out on the streets for ten months convicted with no sentence. That's really weird. That's insane. It's it shouldn't be, it shouldn't happen. Imagine if you are a That's dangerous insane. individual. Exactly. You know what, what if I am the guy they're yeah. saying I am? I yeah. mean, they just convicted me. Right, of go these, home for now. These Try horrible not to tragedies. Kill anybody while you're gone. Hey, you're gonna go to jail. Yeah. 
and you're this guilty, horrible person. You know, you look like Jack the Ripper on paper, but you know, go go, go out, go out, be on the streets. We'll call you when we need you. Yeah, Are you kidding me? Crazy.
all blown away by how well you kept it together. And you you appeared to be completely unfazed by any crazy wild shit that was happening or like the, a marine. Un, the uncertainty of the future. You seemed like you were handling it so well from where from our perspective. Well, I appreciate that, but uh yeah, no, internally I was I was going through a lot and uh you know, definitely uh unwinding and and you know imbibing too much but uh you know they're, they're definitely i appreciate that like but there definitely was like a sea change in that like i uh you know i was cooperating with the system for so long i, I was being polite on time doing everything they asked me to do and boom I'm, I'm this piece of shit shitty dude so i was like all right you know what like the system's obviously dirty the system's you know obviously going to do this to me so all right, time to fight back. I fired my uh, my lawyer that I had. I hired Chris's lawyer because I seen him during my trial. He was a beast. Um, fucking, what's his name? Lou Savino. You gotta shout him out. The, I, I will. That's, that's anybody my name. gets in some trouble similar to Ziggy situation. Yeah, Lou Savino. Hit man. that fool up. He's uh, he's a lot to handle, man. But he's he knows his mm-hmm. business. He 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 bought me. He's the reason I'm talking to you right now. I think I'd still fucking be in jail yeah, if it wasn't for Lou. I think so. Absolutely. He had me on the edge of his uh, my seat during your sentencing. Yeah, uh, he's absolutely amazing. I, if I would have had him from the from the rip, you know, I, I do believe that uh, justice would have actually been done. Mm-hmm. Um, with that being said, you know, it was time to fight. You know, it was time to 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 man up, and that that's probably what you guys were picking up on. You know, it's just you know. No, no more playing with kid gloves. You know, I, I was trying to be respectful of the system, but the system wasn't working for me anymore. So it was time to fight back, and only so much you can fight back at that point. But I was able to receive, uh, you know, a far more lenient sentence than they were. They were trying to push on me. They were trying to push um, upwards of a uh, twelve to twenty-four years. Now, why me. do you think that is? I think that because they were, that they gave you when when I heard the judge, the judge even seemed hesitant. <clears throat> Of giving you the sentence he did give you. I agree. I thought As he was like, very fair. If I could, I'd give you even less. That's the vibe I got. Well, I think it's the you know it's the DA's job to to try to go for it. I guess mm. so. You I know, I think that judge knew this was some bullshit. I think that I I truly believe in my heart of hearts that the judge knew there was funny business about, and I believe that somebody had to go down, and unfortunately, it was me. Mm. And you know what? To that end. Am I guilty of what they said I did? No. Am I an innocent person by any means? I'll be the first to say no. You're I, in the mix. I knowingly participated in that, bananas. in that brawl. I knowingly fucking drank too much. I knowingly made a bunch of bad decisions. I can almost live with it. And, you know, I'm sure we'll get into that stuff later. I will go on this that, you know, if they feel like they got one over on me, they really didn't because that shit made me a better person. When you say they, what do you mean? The system? The system, the people that wanted to point the finger. You know, I, I try not to speak ill of the victims. So they, you're they saying suffered, but, that you, know, you took advantage of the time you were given? 100%. And you had, a, you had some positive happen at the end? Yeah, dude. I'm, I'm, a, I'm alive and a, and a better man for it. Um, well, that's... Hey, <laughs> see, that's... You know, me and Joe weren't picking up on that when you know, but we were picking up like you were ready for whatever they were gonna give oh, yeah. you. That's what yeah. the vibe we got. Yeah. You were ready for it and you were gonna take it like a man and you were gonna do what you know, whatever it needed to be done, you were gonna do. Yeah. 
When the judge gave you the sentence, I saw some people oh, grab, clench their arms and tighten up. I looked at Joe. Joe's crying like a bitch. I, I looked at this guy. That's just because Joe's got and a lot of love. I looked at Ziggy, and he was like, oh, fucking Navy SEAL ready for battle, baby, flexing like a dog. You know what's funny? You, you're not wrong. I know. But, I was, I'd seen it. But truthfully, in that moment, I was so... I heard like a ringing in my ears. Like I like I just yeah, that was like a like a, a moment of separation from mm-hmm. like like my body. Like I was like, this is reality. I, I imagine, you know, I, I can't speak for, for dudes that go to war or anything like that. And I, I wouldn't mean to compare the two by any means, but I imagine that it's something similar to that in the sense that like you get caught in a firefight and it's like, mm-hmm. I just gotta do what I gotta do to survive. And that that definitely was the yeah, the vibe in the moment, you know, it was just like, okay, you know, I got a, I got a wife, I got a daughter, I got friends that love me, I got a family that loves me. This ain't that bad. Yeah, you were. It's right. not. You it's were. not forever. It's not forever. And like you said, I felt like the judge was like reluctant, being like, I didn't know if legally he had to give you the minimum that because I remember him saying, "This is." Didn't he say like, that was this basically is the, as light as he? Could yeah, go. this is the minimum, like uh, you know, that I'm giving. Yeah, it was you. basically as light as he. And could the go. other side was upset about that. Well, and if you recall during the time that the other side was upset and there was a little rumblings, you know, with my vague, you might, might remember better than me, but he, he, you know, gaveled and, and, and calmed the courtroom down. And he basically said something to the effect of, Hey, everyone's got blood on their hands in this mm-hmm. situation. Yeah. You know, only that really, said to me, he knew very few people showed up on maybe two people uh, and representing the other side to none of the, and, none of the victims showed up to sense. No, just me. somebody's mother, right? Yeah, I think a kid's mother and maybe if somebody who drove her 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 broke ass there. Yeah, but that was it. Yeah. Now I'm gonna ask you something. Stabbings did happen. Mm-hmm. Do you know who did it? I'm not saying I don't know. I vaguely know. Okay, and you never said none. Why? Nope. Why did you never say none? Well, honestly, I'll give you one good answer. Hmm. They never asked. They always said it was me. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think with How do the you, knowledge you had, a lot of people would be like, nah, fuck this. Yo, check it out. Blah, blah, blah. X, Y, Z. Yeah, and I don't want to see, try to come off like some tough guy gangster shit with, with that, but there's, there's right and wrong. I'm not saying that's tough guy gangster there's, shit. There's right and there's wrong in this world. Mm-hmm. And like some wrong happened to me, but that doesn't mean I need to wrong yeah. other people. And I'll, I'll yeah. say this. And the thing was. They never asked. They never gave me an opportunity even. Yeah. Like they, they don't, they didn't care. For it. They were going to get me and Chris from the door for six freaking years, mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned. They never really investigated shit. No, yeah, the, uh, as far as the system. Yeah. Now, the kids that actually caught it, I think they know who really did it, too. And I That's think, a hard pill for me to swallow. Do you think they didn't? I want to believe they didn't. Okay. Just because how do you do that to somebody? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know? Maybe that's again me being like an eternal optimist, but like, how do you do that to somebody? Well, I think they're pieces of shit. But if they did, you know, and and uh, they'll be judged one day too. Like I already I said, got judged, and it didn't work out well for me. So, like I said, only one the one of the kids' mothers show up. The other kid is gone; like nobody knows where he is. Mm-hmm. And I think the other dude is uh, sort of straightened himself out a little bit, from what I understand. You probably know but, better than me. No, yeah. I've, I've done everything in my power to avoid. But I think the judge saw direction. the judge saw. Look at the love for this this kid, Ziggy. And I don't think the judge was that. This is a fill in judge, basically. No, that was my judge come back after okay. being sick. It was oh, the same okay. judge. Okay. Because he, like, if he was a fill in, I was going to say he had some kind of awareness 
of this case. Yeah, you know, he it was the guy was the guy from the yeah. actual case. <clears throat> and if you think if you chose the jury trial, would have worked out better for you? Hundred percent. I don't believe I would have went. So. I think 100%. so. Hundred percent. A lot of people like when they go crazy, you see them on the internet. They're like, "Oh, this motherfucker got away with this." But but like, talk to your people because the jury set them free. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they act like the system's fucked up. A lot of times these juries, you know, it's, it's up to them. It's not up to. But in this case, you chose due to bad advice. Let this judge be the sole ruler on this case. That's a risky business. That was that was a terrible decision. I would, I would plea with anybody that finds himself in legal yeah. trouble too. I don't care what your lawyer says. Jury by your yeah. peers, because even though you can make all the arguments you want about the the people serving on a jury, at least they are not yeah. in the system. I mean, at the end of the day, these defense attorneys are golfing and dining at the same restaurants mm-hmm. as the prosecutors. Let's just call it what it is. Yeah. And for your guy to say, this judge is a dick, uh, let's put it in the, in the hands of the next judge. Be like, okay, this judge is a dick, so how about we don't give any judge the responsibility of being the single person to decide this case. How about we just give it to the jury? Yeah, I don't understand now. It's, it's a very odd advice. But yeah, it was bad. It was bad news.
I was surprised that that like once I realized that's what like what you asked me to come there to do. Mm-hmm. Joe actually spoke at the thing. Yeah, Joe. Yeah, Joe, Joe, Joe had my back. You had I some was. Uh, that's like it was heavy, man. And I felt I felt for not to like make this about me, but I felt like I. Like, I fucked up. Like, I didn't do good no. enough. No, I you were great. I kind of found that vibe, too. I was like, if Joe just said another f- You know what happened, Zig? Is that Ziggy. You're right, you're before, terrible, man. <laughs> right before we went out into the, into the actual courtroom, I had spent a long time, like, choosing every he word did. that I was going to really say. Did. And I had... That's why I asked you to do it. I knew you would I, take it I seriously. Had, I, I wrote, like, what... I, what I felt was was perfect. I, this is. Perfect. I thought it was perfect. I thought it was great. And uh, great. But he improv. And a little then bit. when, uh, as soon as we get into the courtroom, the judge said, "Everybody, mm-hmm. you put your phones away. If I see a phone, I'm confiscating it." I'm like, he didn't memorize oh, his lines. Oh my shit is on. My- I was. <laughs> I didn't know this. This, this is. I'm gonna, learning this for the I first time. I was gonna read it from my phone, and I was gonna, yeah. you know, I was gonna give my most passionate. You know, uh, delivery, and it was going to be perfect, and you they were going to set you free because there's no fucking way once they hear this I, thing. I, I was going away no matter what you say, you know. <laughs> I, but to me, that's like how I'm seeing it in my head. Like He this rehearsed is, it to me. I thought it was great. And, um, and then I had to wing it, and I didn't – I couldn't remember everything that I had written. So I had to do it just, you know, whatever I could remember, just try to like get the cliff notes down. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did, I did my best. You know what I mean? I, I, I Joe, I actually thought it was better than yeah. the stuff you were reading to me. Probably because it seemed genuine, supernatural. Yeah, I thought it was very genuine. Yeah, it seemed real natural. If you were kind of like this and a little nervous, you know, it, the, the words were great. But the the rehash and doing it and just trying to remember the important parts and then having a lot of natural, it was really good. Yeah. So people understand what happened was yeah. you know they they you essentially get a few chances to have uh, character witnesses. So I had asked a few before different, he will sentence you before he will sentence you. You can hear from you know yeah. some character witnesses to 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 give the judge a kind of sense of of the type of person you are. And I I for if I could have I'd have put a thousand people up there, but you can only have a few and. I basically chose different people from different facets of my life, and I I, I chose Jotham out of like, call it my friends, um, to do it just because you know he is a well-spoken, thoughtful guy, and I appreciate the world that you did that, man. I really do. You did a great job. Do not do sorry, not ever second sorry doubt. If I fucked it up. You didn't fuck up shit. <laughs> no, you know what fucked it up was a uh, long long. It was long fucked up before anybody spoke that day. I just wanted to. Uh, I seriously like it when that. Day was done. I just wanted to. Those are. I couldn't believe it. Like you, you had like ringing in your ears, and I was like driving home, and I'm like, like it just didn't seem like how could this be real? I I walked around Philly for like three hours after that. How could this be real? I went to a couple Wawas. I was gonna buy something, buy nothing, threw it back in the counter. I was walking around miserable. Yeah, it's like how the fuck is this real? Yeah. This is crazy. And then you, like, what happened immediately after? Are you like, ready for this shit? Yeah, so, like, what happened? Like, that that's what again, that's what was, like, in my brain. is like, what is Ziggy doing at this moment? So, again. He got to go home. I got to go home. Can you believe this shit? The like, judge I, knew I, it was pe- some, like. People listening will not believe that this is the, the. I'm glad you two were there. I hate telling my story. 
especially the strangers. After the conviction, because you go home for 10 months. After the sentencing, two weeks. you go home for two weeks. He goes, the sheriffs are again in the room with the chains. Take this dude two weeks to surrender. Now I'm a convicted, sentenced, hardcore, aggravated assault guy. I'm running around stabbing people, supposedly. And I'm free? Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? I didn't know what to do with myself. I mean, luckily, you know, I, was, I, was, I was fucked up, man. I went home. I got in bed. I don't think I left my bed for like a day. And I had friends and family like, in and out of my house. Like I wasn't fucking with nobody for like the first like day. Wasn't really talking to anybody. I think it was in like a state of shock, honestly, looking back on it. Um, again, I almost wish they would have just taken me. Yeah, for I real. Think it it would have been easier away. to ride that adrenaline right down into the fucking belly of the courthouse, right into fucking CFCF, which is the Philly County Prison, than it would have been to just have that two weeks. I mean, don't don't be wrong. I'm thankful for every minute with my family. You know, I did snap out of it, and I got to have quite a few goodbye parties, a couple intimate family dinners, building up that poison fiend. Well, and unfortunately, that that's a whole another side of the story that I do I do like to talk about. I don't like to talk about the stuff we've been talking about because, like, it's it's all it's all bad mojo. It's all bad bad mm-hmm. stuff. I I don't I don't like thinking about whether or not the the fucking victims knew it was me or not because like that's Sorry just, that's I brought just that up. no it's all good it's just it's just no. Po- no but it's poison in the world you know what i mean like yeah. whereas like there's certain aspects of my story that i do like talking about because i feel like if nothing else maybe somebody can get something out of it and with that is like the light at the end of the tunnel yeah so that, that for that it's 10 months leading into this two weeks where i'm going bananas you want to talk about animal house parties this was beyond animal house this was just debauchery mm. i mean Bottles of liquor, fucking cocaine. Like, I was never a big drug guy. And I'm fucking blowing cocaine like it's going out of style. Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah, I mean, I dabbled here and there growing up. But, like, you know, I'm, like, doing it. Mm. Just I didn't want to feel shit. And I went ballistic. And then now I'm surrendering to prison two weeks later. Got a detox. Now I'm in the worst place of my life, the worst position of my life, in the worst shape of my life. I'm fucking way overweight. Like a fiend. Blood pressure fucking through through the roof. Cholesterol through the fucking roof. Detoxing off alcohol. I mean, I think I blew a fucking coke booger out of my nose like two days into being Ugh. in the county. Like, this is disgusting shit, but it's the truth. Mm-hmm. And when I finally came to a little bit, which truthfully wasn't for like two fucking weeks, I'm sitting in Greaterford Penitentiary, which is no joke. It's a rough spot. It's a rough stop. Old school prison, you know, 800 fucking dudes on a block. Um, Wild West type shit. And I'm just getting my where, like my wits about me. Fuck this, man. I'm a soft target. Mm-hmm. I don't like being a soft target. So that kind of gave me the initial resolve that has become me getting in shape and me getting sober. I didn't know it at the time. But that's where like a lot of that resolve came from was that, that waking up. I'm in a fucked up situation and by my own decisions have made it even worse on myself. Mm. I ain't never going to be like this again. And that was that, you know, that's the good, good stuff that can that come out it. of these, yeah. these things. So I'm in greater for, for a little while. It's really, it's a rough stop of a prison. It's an old school prison. It's right down the street from where I grew up. I know a lot of people. I'm like, eh, it wouldn't be so bad to stay here. And about the time I was coming to like the, eh, it wouldn't be so bad to stay here. I could shift off to the next camp. Mm-hmm. So I was out in Camp Hill, 
which is like the processing jail. Uh, I was there for six weeks. They run that shit like a boot camp. It's not, it's not fun. Um, and then I got shipped to my home jail. I had about two plus years left at that point to my minimum where I could try to get out. And that's, you know, I used that time, man. I used it for as much good as I could. I, uh, like I said, I got that, my wits about me. Um, I didn't know I wanted to be sober forever at that point. I, uh, wasn't like into like any kind of recovery by any means, but I was like, all right, well, I can't, I can't get fucked up now. And that's one thing, not for nothing for people that are in recovery. They say your time don't count while you're in jail. You know mm. what that tells me? They ain't never been in jail mm. because you can get whatever the fuck you want in jail. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, it takes a kind of person with nothing but free time on your hands. And that thankfully, because you know, this scene's amazing. And supported me so much. I had money on my books. Mm-hmm. Like I could have done whatever I wanted, but I was like, I don't want to be a soft target no more. So I'm gonna be ready for battle. If I had to be, and not, not I'm trying to be on some like Tony Tough Guy jail shit too, but like, hey. you know, it's this true. It's a it's a fucking hard stop. So I'm like, I don't want to be like this no more. So I started getting away, separating myself from all that, which eventually turned into getting involved in, you know, an AA program and getting the help I actually needed to try to figure out how to be clean. Um you said, like, I didn't know I wanted to be sober forever. Yeah. So now you feel like you want to be sober forever? Yes. I At what like point in jail did you tell yourself that? It's probably with, like, I think it was, like, six months in to prison. So pretty early on. Yeah, I was, like, six months into prison. I went to, I was going to several AA meetings a week at that point, never saying anything. And at, at one point, I raised my hand. I think I called myself an alcoholic. <laughs> that was, like, my first acknowledgement of a problem. And then... Probably shortly after that, I was like, you know, you know what? Like, this is, this has got to be forever, you know? Wow. So I found myself being able to function at everything better, mm. you know? And I'm not saying that. It's a superior lifestyle. I say it well, all the time. People get mad Rich, at me. Richie Crutch can say that. But like, you know, there's normal people out there that can have a beer. Yeah. Looking back on it, my shitty situation I may have been dealt aside, there was still never just one beer for me. No. Animal House you're wasn't, right. you're you know, we talk nuts. about how for John, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't, a, you know, for Gazi, it was, it was real. It was real for me too, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, that's not, that's not any way to go through life, not experiencing shit, not remembering shit. I can't tell people like tons of fun tour stories because I don't fucking remember big chunks of it. That's not cool. Yeah. My daughter's going to ask me someday, oh, what was fucking California like? I was like, I don't know. There's some big trees. Mm-hmm. I think we played a pot farm. You guys are nuts. Yeah. So, you know, I don't, you know, that sucks. That's crazy, though. But I always imagined when you did get out that there was going to be an insane, crazy party. You know, I, I, I'm i a straight edge dude, but I love when people are partying. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you do. And then you disappointed me. You came out. I did. You know <laughs> no, that's good, man. And yeah. on top of it, you lost 150 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I was uh I was in some bad shape before I left. I uh got there. You shedded a chubby girl. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, yeah. No offense to anybody out there. So yeah, no, no I went out, took a whole person off me. Um that was crazy. Started just walking. I would have guessed you seventy five pounds. Because I never saw you as like Dude, I was four hundred you were like a big four hundred twenty pounds the day I, would, I got see, Okay, really? see I would yeah. never guess that. I would never have I, I didn't know that either. I got, I got to county. And you go through like this medical screening, you know, piss in a cup, take blood, the whole nine yards. And I stepped on the scale. 
And that motherfucker looked, broke smoking and everything. I looked down and I saw, here's the problem. I don't know how fat I was because this is, I, oh, I'm telling it wrong. This is when I got to Graterford. I got on a scale. And the guy said, one at a time. The guy said, the guy looked down. <laughs> this guy, Anthony's over here laughing at me. I got, I got on the scale and it said 417. And now think about it. I was, I was in, I was in Philly County for about a week uh, till I got transferred upstate. Philly County don't feed you nothing but these little TV microwave dinners. Like I know the radio can't see me, but like what what would you call that? Six by four inches. Like that's it. That's mm-hmm. that's what that's a meal there. And I'm detoxing, so I don't even really want to eat. I, I don't probably. I was probably surviving on four or five hundred calories a day for that first week. So I lost weight mm-hmm. before I ever stepped on. I don't know how fat I was. Yeah. So you shed at least maybe. 12 to 15 pounds before you I believe it's entirely possible. So I call it I call it 420. But wow. it, it, it could have been worse. Well, it was definitely 417. It was definitely 417. Yeah, it was 417 the day I got going on scale. With 420 is safe. That's safe. Yeah, cuz like and I started cuz this became like an ongoing funny thing the whole time I was locked up because like I was shedding weight like crazy and getting in shape, so I constantly had to get my ID pictures updated mm-hmm. because like you got your your pictures on the door, pictures on your ID, you need your ID card to go fucking anywhere in a jail. And, you know, it was like my big round face. It kept getting smaller. And my facial hair was changing. And my hair was changing. And, like, these guards were getting pissed off because they thought I was Jack moving pe- other people's IDs. Wow. Or, like, it'd be, like, count time. And they'd be looking at my picture. And it wouldn't be, like, a regular guard for my block. And be like, you know, MN8818, come to the door. And I'd, like, go to the door. And they'd be like, that's not you. You ain't him. And I'm like, that's, that's me, dude. Like, wow. You know, so that was, was kind of funny. But, yeah, I started mm-hmm. walking. And just kept going from there. Started lifting weights, and I got into fucking CrossFit man. while I was in jail. It's a cult, but I joined it. I would never think that was a jail thing, CrossFit. It, it yo, it kind of wasn't. It was, it was sweet, and I don't know if it exists in in other prisons or not. But in my home jail, started out. Um, couple couple dudes in there were were just doing those kind of workouts in a yard, mm. and I I kind of linked up with them because they were some like decent dudes, you know, in there to hang out with. Just trying to go home like me. They were on the same type time. And uh, then that blossomed into like a little club that was actually sanctioned by the jail like through the activities department. And then, you know, it wasn't like it is on the streets. Like they didn't trust us with like a ton of the equipment. Like we did a lot of things with like sandbags and like they didn't give shit you like sledgehammers. Nah, nah, no sledgehammers <laughs> or nothing. We weren't flipping tires. A lot of jails got rid of free weights. Did you guys have that? We had limited free weights. So like our free rate room, which was a privilege, mm-hmm. there was there was machines in the yard and stuff, which we utilized all the time. But free weight room which was a pr- which was a privilege was maybe 20 by 10 mm. at best and you'd cram 20 dudes in there with like limited things the free weight room was sweating your ass oh off. yeah yeah but the great workouts hot as hell right great workouts and once you got in with like once you got in the groove with like I had some really good workout partners that really pushed me so I, I enjoyed going to the weight room but it was funny you'd see like when the new crop of like weight room dudes would come in you could almost tell like yeah, those three ain't ever coming back. Because, like, mm. you go into this closet with all these dudes. Like, you got one hour. Like, this is your hour on Wednesday. So, you, you got dudes super set and shit running around like fucking, like, gladiators and shit in there. And then you, like, Sick. get some fresh kid who's never lifted weights in his life. And they're like, how do you do something? And you're like, yeah, you'll never come back. So, <laughs> you get more room the next day. That was kind of cool. And, Joe, before you got here, we were talking. And uh, we uh, there was tours where we sent him a postcard every day. Yeah. And a lot of tours, we sent them a lot, but that one tour every day and the other tours a lot, he got five postcards. 
Really? Out, probably about about five, maybe. But every time I, I check my bag, I saved everything. Every time I would send one out, I'd say, oh God. "He's never gonna get this." Right? I just say, "He's never gonna get." Yeah, this. like Eve, I'm surprised you got five. You guys, you guys helped me though. Like the, these guards that did the mail thought I was like the shit because the little bit of shit I did get, like postcard, like they're like what what is this? And I'd be like, "Oh, my friends' bands are on tour," and then like. They'd find out, like, dude, like guards were watching like the barricade music video and like the Animal House music video and oh, shit. Oh, they're like, watching the, end the of it. barricade video and shit. They're probably thinking the wrong thing. Probably, but the whatever. gangster rapping video. That was funny as shit. I don't care. That was cool. <laughs> but uh, I was so mad I didn't get that. Like, why didn't they ask me to be in that? I got a fur coat and shit. I would have came down. I think we invited everybody, but oh, you know, uh, my bad. You were probably somewhere. Cool. I was in your one video. You're in the Animal House video. Yeah, uh, you led the charge of the party. <laughs> so you got five cars from Wisdom and Chains total. About that. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, I got a couple from Lifeless. Too. I think we probably sent, dude. <laughs> 30, do you know what the coolest? Thirty to forty cards as well, a band. I, I appreciate that. I sent cards. Some are really cool. Myself, like sent yeah. cards from uh from I got Instagram a, all the time. I got a yeah. bunch of yours from Postagram. Yeah, Postagram has okay, a reliable yeah. source. Like postcards. Yeah, they were they were maybe five, maybe five. Okay. Wow, Postagrams. Crazy, I got man. your Postagrams. Um, you know what the coolest thing I got was, and I'm sure you guys had something to do with that, and it meant the world to me. Madball sent me that that card. Oh yeah, dude. Nice. I got that, and it was that dude. Yeah, that's, that was amazing. I grew up just worshiping that band. That's sick. You know, what so, up, Hoya? Yeah, Freddie. Yeah, you thank did a good you. thing for a bad good Harry. So yeah, that was that was fucking tight, man. That was that's great. Man. And of course, you know what the, the sad part was? I'm like through the roof when I get this Madball card, and there's like no one to talk to about it. Mm. <laughs> you know, like nobody, nobody fucking like you know regular dudes don't know anything about hardcore and punk and shit, and like they're like. Like I remember, like my one buddy Stauffer, who was like my, my next door neighbor, who was like my main dude in there. He's, he's like, "What are you so happy about?" I'm like, "Oh, dude, like my fucking one of my favorite bands of all time sent me a fucking card. Like this is amazing." And he's like, "He's like, what's a Madball?" Yeah, he's like, "Who are they? Like, what <laughs> were they like your friends' band from like home?" I'm like, oh, they're like a big deal, dude." He's like, "I ain't never fucking heard of them." Fuck I'm like, "Motherfucker." Should have tried to educate him. him. <laughs> tried to educate him. Yo, he said he met some uh, wisdom fans in there. Met some wisdom fans. They were typically. You could always count a wisdom and change for having white trash, methed out fans. That is the truth because yeah. that's what they were. <laughs> Whoa! There we were a couple of hardcore baby. kids that came through. We have a lot of fans that need our help. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think we. I, I think, think I, I, I think, think you have we, a lot of fans that. Uh, I think we pushed you know. them in that direction. Yeah, yeah maybe. maybe. That's yeah, that's cool. yeah. There was some wisdom. That was that was cool. So you took a rotten, crappy, horrible experience and you found the best in it. Hundred percent, and you came out hundred fifty pounds down, so clean and sober. I want to that that reminds me of what we were talking about earlier. Okay, so right. your your new band doing great, doing great. I've been listening to it a lot, and there's a song you gotta there. Be proud man, of the reactions I'm, I'm pr- and everything. It's great. It's been out for a week now, and like couldn't ask for it to be going any better. It's Joe, just so continue, good. It's let me so say, perfect. Joe, let me say, when they search for it, you got to put that apostrophe in there. Do you have to put the apostrophe? No, you don't. Are you sure? No, yeah. I did it not on Apple Music. I just oh, like on Spotify. A lot of people are looking for it, and I can't find it. D-O-I-N apostrophe, doing apostrophe, great. You love that, making a little, make yeah, we the make fans it hard work with the umlaut, yeah. Animal House, that umlaut. <laughs> so there's a line in the song called Undertow. Okay. And it's, if you want to see dry land, you got to grab a hold and row, right? Is that mm-hmm. how, how the That's line how it goes? goes? That, to me, wraps up the whole, your whole saga cool, for the man. last 10 years. You know what's crazy, though? You're going to hate this. Go ahead. That's the one song on the record I did almost no lyrics to. Really? <laughs> That's my, 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 my fucking best friend, Schwank. 
who's been in every band with me ever. It's a clever lyric. Like wrote wrote that song. Yeah, most like yeah, I think I wrote. Oh, like Joe, a will you give Ziggy some props now? So no, it's all good. Z- well, it's a great song. It's a great, it's a great song. song. And to me, like as I'm listening to it, um, I no, wish you didn't tell me that, but no, it's 100 percent relatable. <laughs> no, it's relatable to your to your scenario totally. where like you're. What choice do you have? You either drown or you fucking row. Let it go. 
that song from a from a standpoint of like, and and unfortunately this is you know before the the, the tragic passing of Jay Money, but like he wrote that song about suicide and about like the amount of friends we've lost to to suicide and 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 drugs and alcohol and just these these like choices like it's basically like his whole thing about it like when we were writing it out he's like yeah dude like these fucking i had a million reasons to fucking pull a trigger it ain't worth it you know you can get through it basically you gotta decide like we're all born drowning Mm -hmm. everybody it's your life is a fight from from the the day one and we all go through things in life and there's good times and there's bad times and sometimes it just piles on top of each other. You know what I mean? The bad times just pile up, pile up, pile up. But you that's your only choice. You either give up and stay stagnant, which mm-hmm. is basically giving up, or you row, you fight, you yep. push farther, you push yourself through the situation Go through the pain cave like Jacob was talking about. Yeah. Get through it because there's something on the other side. You have to just trust it and believe it and just keep going because it will get better. You can you can find something good out of something that's terrible 100%. and tragic. And to me, that's what I when I when I listen to that song over and over and over, that's what I'm picturing is that you're singing this song and you're like feeling it and you're like uh, knowing that this is this is reality because you lived it. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely feel that shit, and like the, uh, that's like the best advice for like anything. Like you, you can't. Mm. Like everybody's got their own story. Like everybody's got a crucible they got to go through. They got to do some some. Got to do something that is going to be uncomfortable. Um, and yeah, what are you gonna what are you gonna do on the other side of it? And like, you can make good come out of it. You know, like I, I met and learned. I met a lot of good people. I learned a lot while I was away. It sucked. I don't ever want to go back. Like, there's nothing glorious or cool about prison. There's nothing. I, w- I wouldn't wish it on on anybody. It's not. A, it's not a way to live, um, and it's certainly not a place that's going to help people that aren't out to help themselves. So, any bullshit about rehabilitation that's that's not their priority. But if you have the what it takes to just push yourself, you can get through it. You can. You can, and you can come out better, which is what I strive to do because I feel like the system and all the bullshit stacked against me wanted wanted me to break. So what's the most like not for nothing punk thing I can do? You know, fuck you guys. Watch what I do. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna come out and be twice the man I was when I was locked up. And I'm I'm gonna you think I'm a piece of shit? You think I'm a, a guy who runs around and hurts people like that? Watch how many people I try to help now. That's the ultimate fuck you to them trying to say, oh you're the shitty dude. All right, you think I'm a shitty dude? Watch me not be. That's fucking as punk as you can be, I think. Yeah. It is. Now, what's your favorite song in this record? Man. Um, what would you call it? An EP? It's an EP. Yeah, you know, it's an EP. Okay, That's what's your about favorite? About 20-some minutes. What's your favorite jam? Probably. Man, it's tough because I think uh, I probably have to say Take Me Away just because emotionally it tells the, it tells the, the story kind of I kind of wrote that to my friends and, and, and my wife in the sense that like the whole pre-course that song is talking about the premise of doing great, which is, yeah, I'm, I'm fucking fine. You know, cause I'd be on the phone and I'd be writing these letters and I, I don't want to tell people the truth necessarily. I don't want to say, Oh, you know, what's, what's been going on, Zig? You know, there's a lot of good going on. Yeah. I'm in the yard. I'm working out. Yeah. I'm, I'm working in the, the rehab block on my, on my 
block and I had a breakthrough with somebody today, you know, I think you know, they might actually try to like do some step work or something like that. But no, the reality is, yeah, like that, that did happen. But also, you know, on the way to fucking chow, you know, a fucking fight broke out and the jail's been on lockdown for fucking two days. And, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not allowed to use the phone. I can't call my wife. You know, shit sucks right now. But I don't want to tell people that. I don't want to get people all worried. I don't want to, you know. Uh, so you're doing great. So, yeah, it's fucking, I'm great. You know, everything's good. Mind your business. I'm great. Yeah. And it's like, I don't, I have 15 minutes a day to talk to my wife on the phone. What am I going to fill it with? You know, a lot oh, of. You should have seen this fucking dude get of, stabbed. A lot of deadbeat dudes would do that. They'd be crying the whole fucking time to their wife, making her whole day miserable. Exactly. What's she going to worry about? Ziggy the rest of the, Yeah, because the rest he of said, the. He said, I'm going to give her some reassurance, some comfort yeah. to let her go on the day. I'm going to tell her I'm safe, even though I'm fighting out off all of these people trying to kill me and she don't even know it. He kept his mouth shut. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying, though? That's, and that's, that's what a man would do. And that's what that song's kind of about. And it's like, but it's also the truth of the matter is, like, when I hang up the phone with her, and I go up to fucking bed at night. It's like, this is the last motherfucking place on earth I want to be right now. Mm-hmm. And I can be honest with myself about that. Which, if it is truly, like a lot of people would go to prison and be like, this is the last motherfucking place I want to be. Okay. Well, if that was true, and that's not true of a lot of guys that are in jail, even though they'll tell you that. Because if that's the last motherfucking place on earth you want to be, then why aren't you working your freaking dick off to get out? Mm-hmm. Why are you fucking ripping subs off in the yard, getting high, starting fights and acting like a jackass and you're not filling out fucking paperwork for parole. Mm-hmm. Good this question. ain't the last fucking place you want to be. Good question. It is the last motherfucking place I want to be. Now, how long exactly you serve? How long you I did two and a half years. I got out on, on the day of my minimum. The first day I was eligible, I walked out the door. Now, in that two and a half years, you see anybody in that place you think could take me or no? Take you? Take me, Richie Cross? No, no fucking way. <laughs> they throw the shoe at me, I catch it in the air and put it on my foot. Yeah. One shoe. Well, they took away the Tims. <laughs> you could wear Tims in there at one time? At one point, they took them away while That's I was there. That's East Coast right there, son. They took the Tims away, the fresh butters. Motherfuckers must have been away. upset. The Ray types must have been mad as hell. Oh, man. Those are my Tims, motherfucker. I was, I was actually mad because I wore Tims because they were the most comfortable fucking boots you could buy in there. But they, they took my Tims. Damn. Yeah. What'd they do with them all, I wonder? They, they either shipped them home or they destroyed them. Wow. And, but you had to pay to ship them home. Couldn't they just give the charity? Wow. You know what I'm saying? Right. Just give them the fucking charity. Yeah, I'll be Burning good. fucking good boots in this day and age. Yep. Terrible. What but a they, fucking uh, rat system. Listen, you did the time. You made the best out of it. You came out. You jumped right into music. Yeah. So were you like fiending the whole time you were in there? You were playing music while you were in there. Though, I was playing right? music while I was in there. I was super lucky. Like, How'd you have a fucking guitar in there? So you are allowed to have one musical instrument, either an Electric guitar. I thought it was just a harmonica. With a, nah, you like can't old have school. Old school. <laughs> yeah, yo, I would have loved to have had a harmonica. You were not allowed to have a harmonica. What? You were allowed. You could have an electric guitar with headphones, an acoustic guitar, or a keyboard with headphones. You had acoustic. I had acoustic. Okay. So I, I was able to. I was able to jam all the time. I had a couple good dudes in there I could jam with, which was really cool. Did you learn anything I new? A lot. Like, yo, I, I did. Like, I, I practiced. Like, I could, I could strum the guitar and played bass for years and like i knew my my you know my cowboy chords and all that and yeah like i actually like learned scales and shit wow. and like see a guy like chris Mavs over, yeah he's over here chris like, would do 20 years if he has a guitar he wouldn't even think about yeah, it yeah like yeah you know and it was cool like i was like and what's great is like i took some music when i was a kid and like i learned from a couple good dudes in there and there was even like a, an outside music teacher that would come in like once a year and like these guys just had a way of make, making it make sense like, why did no one teach me it like this because your ass was drunk all the time. That's Maybe why. that's why. Maybe that is why. But like, yeah, it made more. It's like, oh, I should learn scales. That makes mm-hmm. sense. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I learned a lot. But uh, I got the jam. 
That's dope. And uh, got to write. I wrote a lot of songs. I wrote a lot of lyrics, and a lot of the lyrics became the doing great stuff uh, in one form or another. Like Thin Ice was a song, like basically came start to finish, sans like the leads and stuff, uh, right from right from jail. <laughs> music right now we're writing new songs it's great like i start writing tracks and like going to my note i still have like my shitty composition notebook i bought on commissary mm -hmm. i'm like yeah i got shit for that like you know nice. i just wrote 
Anybody ever try to steal your guitar? No, dude. People were very respectful. Nice. Of, yeah, that's one thing. Like, things like a misnomer about jail. Like, yeah, I know. Like in the county, like kids are running around stealing shit or all that. But like up upstate, a property is like a big deal. Manners are a big deal. Like, it's funny. These guys might have killed somebody, but they will hold the door for you mm-hmm. because if they don't, it's disrespectful. Mm-hmm. And respects like the ultimate currency in there. So you know, people were very cool. Like, and and I was cool about my guitar. I wasn't a dick about it. Like, if a guy told me he's like, yo, I can play a little bit. I'd be like, yo, just be careful. It's like my number one possession. Here, play a song. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, all dudes just wanted to do was sit around and be like, yo, play this song. I learned a lot of fucking covers while I was That's in there. That's a great uh, thing to have in your back pocket there is be, be able to entertain people like yeah. that. Yeah, oh, totally. Like it gives, like helps somebody have a nice day mm-hmm. or whatever, brighten, brighten somebody's day in there. That's funny. You learn like so much like eclectic shit too, like all over the map. And that served me even now out. Like I, I keep a little three-quarter acoustic guitar in my barber shop. I had this old head in there a few months ago. He's like my best fucking friend now. But he's in there like, you fucking play this guitar. You you fucking kids don't even know good music. And I read him like a book. I was like, I got you, old man. Put the guitar on, started playing some like Merle Haggard for him. And he's go. like, oh shit, I love this dude. You know, I was like, thanks, prison. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Merle Haggard. That's a cool Merle. name. Imagine your name was Merle. You said I have a son. I Merle. Merle. Merle Crutch. It's <laughs> a hard name. Merle. <laughs> Merle Crutch. Merle That's Mancusa. crazy, though. I mean, the fact that you had a guitar and you fucking, you know, Merle you probably Crutch. became a little bit of the guy. You know what I mean? I mean, if there's so much, so, only so much entertainment you got in there. So there was my, my, my buddy, my buddy Ivy, who I'm still friends with now. He was like the human jukebox in there for covers. So, like, me and him naturally teamed up. Then he got out. Yeah, and I kind of got left with that, uh, with that responsibility, it was cool. Like a few times, like well, more than a few times, probably like 20, 30 times while I was in there for that time, like I played little little gigs almost. Like they'd have like a graduation ceremony, oh, and I'd up, like play a cover for like the graduation or like uh, that's great, man. Like different, like, like there was a that is so funny. I'm trying to remember man. what there was, <laughs> there was like a speech given one time, and like that was why I did it like all over the map. Like I even did a couple times where I like did like basically just like making beats on the guitar. And like dudes were like rapping over this shit. And I was like, nice. whatever, I'll just make music. They just, yeah, this dude makes music. So the brothers went out to get you. Nah, the brothers were great, man. Oh, all right. Now. Brothers were, I'll take the brothers any day over the fucking methed out fucking wannabe Nazis. A lot of Nazis in there. Not enough. Well, you want more? Nah, but they fucking they don't want them on the streets either. Oh, not enough that they have. <laughs> I got it. you. Yeah. I got Damn. you. Now listen, now you're out. You did one show. Last night. Just last night. Congratulations. Thank you. That was probably a lot of fun. Dude, it was, I was telling Richie before you got here, like, it was fucking awesome. Like, it was in this super small venue, um, but it was a great little spot. It was, like a, it was like a photography studio. It was like real artsy, like old industrial building. And like, honestly, couldn't ask for like a more perfect first show because they, uh, it was tiny. It was intimate. And uh, it was just a good vibe, man. And like, I, I said, you know, I was nervous. First show I ever played probably in my life where I was sober and I was a good feeling. But there's definitely like new nerves, new emotions, Yeah, you know, leading up to it. You know, we were talking about our friends like to get blitzed up before the show. What I was made. And like, it was cool as my band in solidarity, like Sean, especially our lead guitar player who was a, uh, you know, he's the lead guitar player in animal house. He didn't drink last night before the show, like kind of almost in solidarity with me, which I thought was righteous. You know, he, uh, so, you know, he was, he was like, he said like, Dude, did you see me before our set? I was like, no, I was up. Like, you killed it. It's like, 
I was out like running laps and like doing push-ups and shit, like get, get the nerves <laughs> out. Sick, I, I never man. played sober before. I'm like, oh, I feel you. I didn't mean, I didn't go do push-ups. Maybe I should have, but uh, you know, it was that was cool, man. It was a uh, crowd seemed to dig it, and uh, it just felt really fucking good to be back on stage, man. Like I was, yeah. I was all smiles. The energy is. Did great. people know the 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 new stuff more than I thought we're gonna? Yeah, like, and it was funny, like the set build, man. It was it was cool, like the the two bands that opened for us were great. Like it was just like it was like hangout vibe, and then we like we got on, and like people like crowded up, which was cool, and like we played the first song, and like it was like three four people up front like really singing along. But then I as I looked throughout the whole crowd, I seen lots of people singing. I'm like this is, this is tight, man. People know the words. It's only been out for a week at this great. point. Yeah, you know I'm like this is tight. But I was like, man, I wish they would like come up, you know, and by by the fucking. I don't know, third, fourth song, people were starting to sing along. By the last song, you know, they're, they're, they're piling on. It was a good time. It just those built. Are, just built those are my favorite set. shows. Yeah. Those, when, where it starts out like, uh, and you have to work for it a little bit. Oh, uh, yeah, extra. I earned, earned it and last then, night. And then by the end, you're getting getting that feeling mm-hmm. you want. Yeah, that's the best. And it was nice, too. Like, this band's a different vibe. Like, we're not not fun. I, mean, it's just, I think it's a lot of fun. I think it's fun music. But there's also, like, there's shit to talk about. You know, it's nice to not front you know, your atypical, like, you know, let's be honest, like Barricade and Objection were like your atypical hardcore bands. You know, that frontman style is fairly easy. You know, oh, move motherfuckers, you know, and, you know <laughs> mosh. And everybody, you know, moshes. You know, this was like, you know, these songs mean a lot to me and I wanted to convey that to the crowd, you know, without being preachy or anything. But like, you know, I, I felt like that that happened, man. I was I was really just happy all around. The band... The band put in fucking work. We practiced our asses off these last few months writing this record. Once the record was written, we practiced our asses off doing the set. Like the set was tight, man. It was it was great. Can't wait to do it again. That's yeah, awesome. all good musicians. Yeah, everybody in the band's solid. And it is hard if you're a band that's more melodic and you're mm-hmm. playing these heavy hardcore crowds. It's a little different. You know, I, I imagine uh, you guys know something about that. Well, yeah, you got sometimes. <laughs> We've yeah, done I mean. tour after tour, like Europe tours, especially in the in the early days where. There's only the only hardcore bands you could play with sound like metalcore or Hatebreed or oh, yeah. it's just you know some beat we were down. Doing band. shows like Dying Fetus over there, it's yeah, and, you know, and so it's cool. like <laughs> people, you like, know, you just got to learn how to just block out the the people who are ignoring you and focus on the people who are digging it and just focus on each other, you know, and, and just do the best show that we could do for, so that we're happy with how we played, you know? And I think that's what we were able to do last night. Like, cause I, I feel like the people that weren't singing along by the end of the set were like one over. Yeah. Like I had people that weren't, I knew I could see, and it's a small crowd. I think there was like a hundred people there. And, uh, you know, I could see like people that were standing there watching the whole set, but weren't singing along. When they came up to me afterwards, I'm like, "Dude, that's fucking awesome!" I was, those were the ones I really Dude, wanted to winning, win over. I was like, "You win them over." Winning people over yeah. is the best. That's the ultimate win, win. For, for, a, for a hardcore band. Do you remember? You remember the first time you guys played for me in like '05 in a gym? Yeah, I do I, remember. I had the same problem when I was booking you guys because in that gym, all like super heavy bands would always play those shows. Back then, that's all there was. All there was, yeah. and then I heard the the Die Young record, and I was like, I fucking love this. I'm booking this band. And we booked you guys. We brought you down. And I remember, like, people fucking loved you guys, but it's the same thing. It took a while. They don't know what to do. It took a while until <laughs> the crowd got going. But once the crowd got going, they people yeah, were begging like, me to bring you guys back. It's like you could do the same stuff that you do to the heavy-ass band if you want. You could do the same shit. You know what yeah. I mean? But people, like, once they start, then they're like, oh, yeah, I got it. Like, sometimes, like, 
like in a, we have a song, My Promise, and there's like a that little riff, and that's where like people start killing each other. Yeah, they start it's like, love that shit. Yeah. But this, game of War in the old days. Yeah, well, that's you know. You gotta I was let looking, loose on Game of War. And you guys got a lot of a lot of melody, a lot of cool melody. So, but people I think are more open to it now. And plus, yeah, thanks for doing you that. Guys for you guys coming out easier for us. Yeah, you guys are coming out like something that's different. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because like, what's big right now? Straight up, screaming your lungs out, discords, off timing. You know, mm-hmm. insanity, and. uh so you know you're throwing something in there that the people people love that style of music. Yeah, I, I I'm not like a like there's a heavy pop punk influence musically. I think that's fair. But vocally, for me, I, I dig it because the thing I usually don't like about pop punk is the vocals. Yeah, and then now you got I got you got a vocals with an edge and then music I like. Yeah. So you know when I hear like certain bands with the the girly type singing, you know, I just, that's not my thing. I don't think I can be accused of that. No, you don't no, sound like that. Not at all. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that was my issue with, you know, pop punk. And I always said my, like, I love my chemical romance, but is that pop punk or not? Like emo. I don't know. I don't know okay. Maybe that's not pop punk. I like punk. that. I like pop punk's like newfound glory. That's one of yeah, my I'm guilty not, pleasures. I'm not into that love stuff em. too much. Love em. People love them. Love Absolutely. them. Yeah. I don't know too much about it, but I get it. I like Hazen Street. Uh, that's pop dope. punk because the vocals had some edge well, to it. Yeah, Freddie has that little edge yeah. to it. Freak out. That's definitely now, that's now, definitely now, pop punk band. Even compared to Newfound Glory, Toby has a lot of edge. You know what I mean? Like if you're comparing, he's got those a good, two. It, yeah, but he's still got a, that good, good singing voice. You know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's that's pretty. You know, it's it's and it's a good recording too. Yeah, that's our drummer. Yeah, our drummer does. He recorded Animal House. So now you can record for free whenever you want. Yeah, that's why. We, that's secretly why yeah, we let him in the band. You listening, dope. Scott? That's why we let you. Are in the you going to do a full length? <laughs> don't know. Yeah, don't put out anything until you put out a full length. So yeah, you guys are the masters of putting out nineteen track records, but uh, it doesn't have to be nineteen, eleven, twelve. You guys don't put out eleven, twelve. No, track I'm talking records. about you. For yeah, you. you put out eighteen track records every time. No, sometimes, used to. sometimes. The first couple were like that. We're, these days, we're a lot we're of songs get cut. These guys don't like nothing no more. We cut well, songs these days. We in the beginning we were uh, we would argue over what to cut, what not to cut, and uh, typically we wouldn't cut anything. We'd have albums with twenty seven tracks if we put everything on there. That's good. That's a good problem to have. Now but with us, we're gonna. Uh, I think the plan right now is, and it could change. You know, if we this is a great if we got put yeah, out an album, we would well. What will be better though? Put out an album every year, or put out an EP every six months. We album do, every year. We do have a studio in, in our disposal. That's great. Yeah, put out an album. I would suggest these guys. These guys maybe a seven inch here and there. Split with some band. I would love you to know, do a stuff split. like that. Let's do Scalbrow. Let's do it. Yeah, Scalbrow. That would be good. Yeah, that would be good. Yo, how how Scalbrow? They have a song called Short Fuse that I love. Dude, is it wrong that my favorite song by them is Don't Stay Sober? No, it's not wrong <laughs> at all. I shouldn't listen Every to it, but I love that song fucking song. Is like whiskey and yeah. you know some girl dude, dropping just, them off at a bus stop. Dude, just because like, I stopped drinking doesn't mean I can't love that shit. It's hard, it's hard to push split sevens, but that's a way to keep people interested during the process of writing an album, stuff like that. Especially the people that real really like you. They'll I would the love casual to hear, people only good, buy your. And I would your love album. to hear an album if an, like a full story. If, yes. an, if an album happens, it'll be because of that. These guys are writing machines. Dude. I'm actually the fuck up. Like this, this EP would have probably been longer, but I'm like taking my time. Like I want to make sure shit's good. Plus, like 
having swi- like yeah, I've done vocals in a band before and I've recorded a lot before, but this was different. Like adding having to actually stay in key and be yeah. you know melody and all that. Like I was like, okay, I want to do the first showing has to be fucking right. I think we nailed it. So it's like yeah, maybe now it'll come a little little faster. But like yeah, these guys already got. They send me fucking. Yo, technology changed. This is gonna say I didn't do that much time, but technology changed like crazy. Yeah. In the time I was gone, these guys send me like files that they record on like their fucking home computers that sound like half legit. They're not. Yeah. They haven't even touched the studio. And, like this is the song I'm working on. Put lyrics to it, and then like they send it, it a to, lot easier, doesn't? It? Send it to the drummer, and then he he adds the tracks back, and it's, it's fucking. These guys are beasts, man. That's dope. Writing machines. You really should do it though, like an album. Are you guys listening? No, I bet they want to do it. <laughs> they want to do EPs. Really? And, and splits. They want to do a split next. Split is dope. They, they hate a split they were, is oh, a good shit. appetizer while you're writing the album. You guys put down a really solid, all all quality songs. How many songs are there? Six? Six. Six quality songs, and now people like know what to expect because otherwise yeah. they don't even know what style of band you're going to be. They know now. It's in stone. This is how this band sounds. This is the style. Six. Wait till you hear this fucking album. Yo. I have yeah, a question for you here, guys. Here, where do you get 12? Fucking out. What the 
what kind of band are we? Who? Doing great. Oh. I, don't know to, I don't know how to answer Just that. Call yourself a hardcore band, man. I think that's what we're gonna end up getting called. That's the hard road, but that's the that's the the righteous. You road. should call yourself a hardcore band. Uh, to me, it's I don't. It's not an insult. Play hardcore because I shows. I didn't think you oh, liked it when I said there's a heavy pop punk. No, influence. no, I think that's fair. So totally to me, fair. it's like it's it's heavily pop punk influence. I hear some traditional punk in there, yeah. and I hear like a street style vocal, like when I you know like a street rock oyish style vocal, but you know more in tune more quality you know what i mean a lot of like boy stuff you like the guy's voice but like you know my hair as soon as he has ago. to make a pitch it's like whoa that motherfucker can't sing but he could you know he talks good but yeah so it's 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 heavy on the pop punk because it's it's that style especially the overdubs bring it in that oh, yeah. direction they, they, they do them leads yeah but uh but at the, in the end, it's a hardcore band because you guys are hardcore dudes. Exactly. Be that band. I think that's what happened to Animal House, too. Yeah. We were a total punk band that played hardcore shows. Yeah. So be that band that plays hardcore shows and you sound different from everybody yeah. and you're memorable. And as long as you're good at it, people will remember you like that forever. There's you know always I mean? those bands. Like there's, you know, what what's hardcore sound like? Black Flag, some would say. Yeah. You know what I mean? And how does, okay, how eventually Madball came out. Glory eventually All Out War in. came out. Newfound Glory always gets brought up in hardcore conversations. Yeah, they got some breakdowns. Uh, or, or um, uh, what's that? They get band? love from hardcore people for sure. That band uh, that used to from Florida that used to kill it at hardcore shows uh, with the two singers. Uh, Set your goals. Set your goals. Yeah. Set your goals is not they're they you you sound more like a hardcore band than they do, but they they were used to play like yeah. I remember them playing shows. You know what I mean? Is or it, a band it, like AFI even. A band, yeah. band like AFI. is Ignite a hardcore band? There you go, dude. I yeah. got to see Ignite on tour on the West Coast. Yeah, that was a treat, man. Seeing yeah. them like on, like in their in their territory. Yeah, good that live, was a treat. Right? amazing live. Yeah. yeah, so you guys are hardcore band, but that's the influence that I hear. But guess what? Doesn't mean you can't throw another song in there with some other influence. Who watched me put out an acoustic record? That's what I'm talking about. Do it. What's Joe talking about? Go, Joe. What's wrong? Nothing. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, okay. Should we uh? Jotham's getting Should we fat do that again. thing? Speed yeah, we'll do cuts. that thing. Uh, I have to go is what I was saying. I was uh, asking Chris like what, how uh, the time. Oh, Chris forgot to tell us an hour ago. Went back out. Oh, uh, we've just been talking for us. <laughs> so this is no, the Ziggy, for the this real has one. been fucking awesome. Thank you so much for coming up. It's a good oh, kid. Anytime you want to do this. I would this, love to do this. It's again. our little brother that became a man. Yes. Hey, thanks. He's like a big brother now. Motherfucker. Anytime you want to do this, you're more than welcome. Um, I'd love to get you on here with Ray. I would love to do that with Ray. Stories that would be fucking. Great. Ray's stories are way crazier. I was a nerd in jail. Yeah, but you'll be able to season. I, I, Ray I know went in very young, then. you know, and and without any guidance. Yeah. yeah, and and I I love the juxtaposition of like the two, <laughs> like you. You have like this positive vibe, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? You're like Ray's a nerdy more, white guy. He's Ray's like a, a street black negative. guy. Exactly. See the difference. See what yeah. happens. So. Um, yeah, thanks for doing this. We really appreciate it, oh, man. Thank you guys for having it. Check out Doing Great. So send in your uh, your questions for Ziggy. Send in comments. We'd love mm. to hear what you think about this episode. Oh, by the way, we got a ton of relationship questions. We got to do that episode soon. Okay. Mm-hmm. Ziggy, what's your uh, the Instagram for Doing Great? Doing Great PA. Doing Great PA. It's the D-O-I-N. D-O-I-N. Great. Great PA. P-A. So go uh, follow Doing Great Please. on Instagram. And you can hear them on all the digital platforms, right? Any any digital platform. 
Thanks to our boys in Fast Break. Fast Break Records, baby. They get all, they snatch up all the quality bands. So that's it. Boom. Ziggy, we'll talk to you real soon. Thanks for driving up here. Oh, man. Pleasure. Everybody, thanks for listening. Go tell your friends about the show, and we'll be back soon. Peace. Thanks a lot for listening. We really appreciate it. Post America Podcast will always be there for you. Don't forget that. Tune in next time for more fun with the boys. Until then, get your fucking ass out of here before I give you a smack, motherfucker! Who the fuck you think you in? This is Post America! You ain't shit, motherfucker!